up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's blank. I'm Brad. I'm Joe George. Behind the glass, assistant to the regional manager, Queen Bee. It is a Monday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Joe George putting together that nice audio montage. Houston Texans have won three games in a row for the first time since 2018. I think we can stop using the same old Texans moniker with this team, with D'Amico's team, with C.J. Stroud's team, because the same old Texans lose that game yesterday. Yeah, you're right. And I think that, you know what, the one thing that you and I used to say a lot was Texans are good at Texans. Mm-hmm. It was just part of the whole mantra that whatever could go wrong was going to go wrong with this franchise. And it's starting to seem like more and more, like those days are behind us. Like, they didn't play their best football yesterday. They did not deserve to win in a lot of ways, but they found a way to win, and, and that's the most important thing at the end of the day. You got the W. You keep moving forward. CJ even said it in the post game. That's something that in the past you probably would have gotten beat by 10-plus and really fallen apart down the stretch. So it's a really positive time right now to be a Texas fan. It's It's been a long time since you could say that. Even the last few games for the Texans, like, look, the Arizona, not, not a great football team, but they have, you know, Kyler Murray's back. He's a legitimate NFL quarterback. Kind of rather have Kyler Murray than Caleb Williams. Like Kyler, Kyler Murray and Marvin William, uh, Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams and Rondell Moore. Give me Kyler Murray yeah. and Marvin Harrison over uh, over the the Caleb Williams and Rondell Moore. I think it's a better pairing. But, but you know what, Jeremy? It, it used to be. I'm with you, and I agree with you. But I would say probably six months ago, I oh, might have yeah. a different thought on that. But but the thing is, is that. Caleb slipped way back, plus he's starting to do what Kyler already does, which is show his emotions way too much on the field and kind of sell out his teammates. So I think you're right. I think most people would lean the other way. The um, It's a real NFL team. Blah, 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 blah. They win. Texans win. Yay. That's a game that in the past they lose. They don't score a single point in the second half. And look, we, we every Tuesday we do don't ignore in victory what you wouldn't in defeat. We're probably going to have a lot of those, and we're probably going to have some of them that bleed into today's show, uh, to be completely honest and transparent with you. But that's a game that they lose in the past where you don't score at all in the second half. Arizona knocking on the door multiple times. Maybe Jonathan Gannon helped you a little bit by not kicking the field goal early in the fourth quarter that would have made it where Arizona, it's a two-point game. Arizona can get a game-winning field goal on that last drive. But you get the defensive stops that you need. You're able to like live through some interceptions and some bad ones. C.J. Stroud threw three interceptions in the game yesterday. Two were not very good throws. Not very good at all. But in the past, you lose that game. But the Texans, if you, if you look at their last few, they're playing like, we hate to say this, it's Bill O'Brien lingo talk, they're playing complimentary football. Where Arizona, the defense bailed you out. The defense bailed out some turnovers. The defense bailed out lack of production offensively in the second half. Cincinnati, it was C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans offense bailing out the defense. Tampa Bay, you won 39-37. It was the Houston Texans offense and C.J. Stroud bailing out uh, the defense that didn't play all that well in that game. You could make the case that this isn't the same old Texans for the last three weeks, and you're doing it with a first-year head coach, a rookie quarterback, and it's why everybody's so bullish on parade about the Houston Texans right now. And I think that's the difference maker. I think, in a nutshell, it comes down to those two individuals that changed everything. They changed the culture. They changed the locker room. They changed the attitude. And then they changed the performance on the field because of the fact that that head coach put together a staff that is in unison and is in lockstep with one another and is taking it to the levels that we're used to seeing out of really good and good professional NFL teams playing the way you're supposed to play offensively and defensively. You're not caught in the past. You're not you know, having conflicts of interest within. 
you're looking at what Lovey, I mean, what from Lovey and Cully and, and that step back and maybe two steps back that you took before to now a coach and the most important player on the field taking you completely back to not only go, but way ahead passing go because of the way you're getting wins now and the performance on the field. And it's a beautiful thing. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff that happened in that game yesterday. What did you think of the uh, the uniforms, the red, blue, blue? I liked them. Did you? I, I did. I did not like them. I was not a fan. I, I, look, I will concede that I'm in the minority here because I feel like I have a pretty good pulse of like the fan base and stuff like that. I do feel the fan base liked them. The majority liked them. I felt like I was watching Big Ten football. I thought that was the fight in the line eye of Illinois. I understand the red helmet versus the orange helmet. I didn't like the blue on blue with the red helmet. See, I, I, the fan. I saw it. I was like, this should be the primary. Ugh. And for the rest of Ugh. the year, I, I like no. it well much. Like, I think no. until we get that new yep. Houston blue in the jersey, I like this combo H-Town a blue. H-Town I like blue. them. H-Town and blue. I, and, and the fact of the matter is it gives you more variety. And again, kind of like what we were just talking about, where we were taking it from the depths of hell and bringing it all the way back and then taking it to another level. It's like mixing it up with the uniforms, too. Being Like D'Amico coming out and saying, I like it when my guys are out there expressing themselves and, and showing creativity, but staying within what we want to do as a football team. I think the uniforms were part of that to say, hey, let's just start taking it to a different level. Let's mix and match a little bit, but let's get some different variety out there to show things are different this year. Yeah. And I liked them. I usually don't like color on color. I'm usually not a fan of that in general. Or like too much blue? You, the, you, any any the color. Pants and the but top. Be, for the Texans specifically yesterday, yeah. yeah. I, I, I usually don't like the solid uniform where the tops match the bottoms for any for any uniform. I feel like it's a the little Astros, bit too much. The city, it's too much. So, for yeah, sure. especially for baseball. Football, yeah. it's a little bit more acceptable. Uh, well, whatever. I'll take the L here. It sounds like I'm the only one. I just wasn't a huge fan of that. It, it did look like Illinois to me. Um Early in the game yesterday, this really wasn't in the case a whole lot in the second half, but you saw it like on the third and one with a fullback dive and Andrew Beck. Ugh. Actually, I think he got it. I think it was a horrendous spot. Do you really? Yeah, I think he got it. I, from the angle, the, the main camera angle, I thought his butt hit and he was short. Maybe so. Like, it's hard to tell because it's like at an angle. Yeah. But I thought it was a horrendous spot. Like, they, they marked it down closer to the line of scrimmage than they did the line of gain. And that's unacceptable. Right. It was much closer to the line to gain than it was line of scrimmage, yet they marked it closer to the line of scrimmage. I thought that it was close. Uh, I, I'll, I'll listen to the it wasn't a good call. Like, it's I get more it. power to what Joe said, too. The, the play call itself was not very good. And I didn't like it at all. See, I, I'm actually a little bit softer on the play call there because I thought he got it. Um, and it's worked in the past, too. Like, that's kind of their go-to. And I don't want to use C.J. Stroud in those quarterback sneak situations. But, hey, look, I'll, I'll concede that one, too. I'll take the L on that one, too. It is something that I noticed in the first half uh, as well. And then you saw, like, the fourth and one where they pitch it out to Boone. Oh, I think it was Boone's only carry in the game. And it's like, okay, fourth and one. His only carry of the game is on a critical fourth and one. It is something. And, and I think Bobby's been overall good this but they year. they rushed it, too. With, it yeah. seemed like they were rushing it. They were trying to catch oh, the defense. Oh, you mean hurried it. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, like hurried the entire trying to catch the defense on their heels a little bit. Instead, they didn't look like they were completely behind it. And it, it just it was going nowhere from the start. Yeah, and Robert Woods absolutely missed a block on that. But whatever, like fourth and one, you're pitching to Boone. Third down and one, when you need to get a first down, like get some momentum, you hand it off to Beck. There were some instances early in the first half, too, where it's like third down and they're they're running the ball a little bit. And I understand that you need balance. I'm not saying the Texans should be 100% throw, and the Texans' running games actually look pretty good uh, these last two games. 
more times than not, I want, and look, CJ Stroud, I didn't think played a terrific game yesterday. More times than not, those third and whatever situations, give the ball to CJ Stroud, put the ball in his hands. I need CJ Stroud to have the ball on critical downs. He's your best offensive player. You live and die with CJ Stroud. Yeah, I, I'm a little less on that side of things because I'm so leery of his, in, the, if he goes down. Oh, I don't want sneaks. I don't want sneaks. Oh, you're talking I'm about just saying, oh, yeah, put throw in his the hands ball, and, put and in his RPO hands. or yes. whatever. And I'm fine with that. I don't want him to do the, you know, the the whatever you, the the push. I don't want him to do a Same. quarterback sneak where he, someone could roll over on a knee or an ankle. But yeah, if you want to do some play action, because I think they said in what was it the first seven third downs? I think they passed on all yeah. seven of them. And then the I'm fourth fine and, with that. The fourth and one was the first time that like they didn't get it to him in critical downs, and it's like pitch to Boone. Yeah, I, I don't like, like it at a all. Pitch to Boone. I don't want a pitch to Boone. Uh, the text line's very uh, pro Texans uniforms, by the way. Um, I, I thought it was super impressive in this game yesterday. We we knew that they were going to be down linebackers, right? Perryman serving on a pill, a two game suspension. Henry Toa Toa um, isn't. Using a concussion protocol or whatever, so who knows whenever you're going to get him back. So you're a very thin at linebacker, which you're going up against Arizona, you're going up against Kyler Murray, you probably want some more speed on the field anyways. So they played mostly nickel, which was kind of good in two fronts and bad on one front as well. I was really impressed that Blake Cashman played every single snap defensively. Christian Harris played every single snap defensively. And you were mostly nickel, but for them to play every single snap and then Blake Cashman to have the game he had where he had 19 tackles, I think Christian Harris had a better game than the box score tells you. He only had five I, tackles. I, I thought he was flying around, had his got a hand up, deflected a, a critical pass as well. What you got with Cashman and Christian Harris when you desperately needed those guys to play well because you're thin at backer, you're playing a whole lot of nickel coverage, it's exactly what the doctor ordered for the Texans. But think about it all just in the – that's the microcosm of, of where we were talking about with the linebackers. But let's just expand it a little bit more to just – say on the defensive side of the ball the brother-in-law theory right because when Collins is out mm-hmm. or, or vice versa they're getting help from Rankins and Collins they were they were basically handing off one guy has a big week then one week the next week 2020 and, and and Christian Harris Christian Harris people were starting to get down on and they were starting to question you know wh- where he was drafted and if he was going to work out now he's all over the field I mean the tackle for loss where he held on to Connor and made sure by the armpit of the jersey he didn't get away when he had gotten away from several guys in the backfield you know, he he was all over the field. He was active. He was running to make tackles on the second level. I thought Christian Harris played one of his best games as a Texan, and I was impressed by him. And I've been impressed with Cashman all season long because for a guy that you know had bounced around, this guy fits their system so well. And he from coverage to getting in the backfield to key sacks when you need it to containing a guy that's really hard to contain. I thought their defense played really well yesterday. You're going to look at the running attack for Arizona and be like, eh, Texans were soft with the running attack, blah, 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 blah. They averaged almost five yards a carry and ran for 123. Now, Kyler Murray had 51 of those, averaged over seven yards a carry. But whenever you're forced to play nickel, it's going to make you a little vulnerable Mm -hmm. because you have two backers there. You have a six-man box unless you're trying to cheat Tom uh, Thomas over into the middle, stuff like that. So that was a game where you were going to give up some running yards. Uh, Overall, the defense played really well and especially very good in the second half. One thing that this defense has been labeled is like this bend but don't break defense. Get used to it. That, that's what D'Amico Ryans does. They believe in the other team having to put together drives. They believe in the other team needing to go 10 plays uh, to cover 70 yards. They're going to allow stuff underneath. They're going to allow first downs. They're probably never going to be top five in yards per game defensively. But under the D'Amico era, they, they might be top five in points allowed. Not this year. 
I'm talking about going forward, right. but the philosophy and the method for D'Amico Ryans and his game plan is going to be, we're going to allow stuff underneath, but we will not get beat on the deep play. Sometimes you have bust and coverage like Jalen Petrie that allows for those things to happen, but D'Amico Ryan's philosophy is allow the other team to beat you underneath, force them into a 10-play drive. We're not going to allow the deep ball on the shot place. And I think the bend but don't break philosophy is fine because you have an offense now with a leader and you're capable of putting points on the board and you're trying to avoid the big play. But people forget, like, stride for stride, uh, Kyler Murray might be the fastest quarterback in the league at ga- and the best at running with the football because when he gets to the edge, it is so hyper-important that you try and hold it because we saw it several times. When he gets around the corner, he's not just elusive. He is phenomenally quick. Mm-hmm. And Connor's a guy that's tough to bring down. I mean, he is a warrior when he, he stays upright and people try and try to throw him around and hang around there. He keeps his balance. He gets extra yards. It might not show up in the box score as 120, 130 yards, but he's an aggressive running back that's hard to bring down. And so I thought that that gets a little bit extra for the defense in terms of being able, like you said, when you go with the, you, you kind of put more nickel, it's harder to get littler guys to try and bring down guys that are that good at running the football. And just the box is lighter, right? Like mm-hmm. you have six dudes in the box as opposed to normally having seven guys in the box. And yeah, you have more size, more girth, pause uh, right there in the box for the Houston Texans against the rushing attack. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Houston Texans have positioned themselves to where they're playing for the division title or the division lead. I shouldn't say title. A little ahead of myself there. They're playing for the division lead next week against Jacksonville. We, we couldn't have seen this coming. 713 713- 780-ESPN. Where are you at with the Houston Texans? What are you feeling with this team? What are you feeling after that five-point win against Arizona where the defense kind of build out the offense? A busy show. to Monday, so we'll do a Mailbag Monday where you can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. NFL Game Balls. We'll hand out Game Balls to those that deserve it. We'll grade C.J. Stroud uh, as well. How about Tank Dell, though? The littlest guy on the field making the biggest impact next to C.J. Stroud. 713-780-ESPN. 3776, the HRMP listener line. Uh, not in the rhythm. 713-780-ESPN. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. He's at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. It's the Killer Beast on ESPN975 and ESPN925. I can tell you this, though. A little bit of rain in the forecast today. There's some moisture on the roadways. And any time that there's a little bit of rain, the odds of a car accident go up. We hope that does not happen to you, but... You have to prepare for the worst, and if you get into that car accident, you already know the first thing you need to do is to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. You don't have to worry about billable hours, don't have to worry about invoices, don't have to worry about retain, none of that, because you don't pay with Hollingsworth Law Firm until you win your case. And that is so important, Jeremy, and that's why we encourage everybody to put their phone number in your phone, because you know what? You never know when you're going to get into a car wreck, and you're never expecting it when it happens. But when it does happen, the first thing you're doing is looking over your shoulder going, Who do I turn to? Who do I call? What do I do first? How do I make sure that I don't get screwed out of money and suffer injury and have all kinds of issues that I can't handle and solve? Well, that's why you have the number already in your phone. You go to the Hollingsworth Law Firm. They are experts. They specialize in car wrecks. So they are going to be the best in the business. And because you don't pay unless you win, they have extra motivation to make sure they are with you every step of the way fighting until you get what you deserve. They'll also fight those pesky insurance companies for you. Can't stand dealing with insurance companies. We don't have to. Let Hollingsworth Law Firm do it. They're equipped to do it, and they are going to win that fight against those insurance companies for you. Call right now for a free consultation, 713-999-8773. Put the number in your phone just in case you ever get into that accident, 713-999-8773. Also visit them online, carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com. 
He's blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George. Behind the glass, you are the hive. 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line. 713-780-3776. Ocho says my 10 wins prediction's looking good. Let's go. I can't believe Ocho is positive enough to say that the Texans were going to win 10 games. I'm calling BS on that, Ocho. I'm going to need to see receipts on that, Ocho. Very much so. Because you're yeah, never you better go to mybookie.pc and verify some of these bets to make sure that you did get to 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need receipts on that, Ocho. Uh, I hate to say I don't trust you, but I'm going to need to see the, rece- uh, the receipts. Joe hopping into our ear during the break saying that the Texans have brought back Desmond King to the practice squad. That's cool. Like Desmond King was solid last year in the slot. Uh, gives you some depth at the position. Just a practice squad spot. Pick up that's shrewd. It's shrewd the for King Nick is here. It's shrewd. I mean, if Thomas gets hurt, then it's a natural, you know, elevation to the uh, to the main roster. He knows roster. the system. He knows the city. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that was was that was the audio drop they used to use for their champ of the day at the show previous to us. Really? They yeah. knows the, the city. Here. No, the king is here. Oh, the king is here. Yeah, what was the, the city the, one? The Ali one. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. They used the Ali the the audio, but no, the fact that we've talked about with Michael Bourne bringing it up about when you bring in a new guy, a lot of time it's the adjustment to the city and getting acclimated in so many levels. He knows just about everything here except for if the playbook changed at all since since preseason and training camp, so he's fine. Yep. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. Tang Dell, again, put on Ooh. a show. Eight catches, 149 yards, a touchdown. He's been unbelievable. He broke the record, the rookie record, for the most production in franchise history's yards receiving uh, through 10 games. He catches another touchdown. Remember we talked about him, too, about uh, we, we, were, we weren't talking so much talking about Tank. We were doing like in, like our preseason predictions. Who's going to be the red zone target for this team? And Dalton Schultz has caught plenty of touchdowns, and he's the natural guy you would pick, or Nico Collins, who's a bigger body. The fact that Tank Dell leads this team in receiving touchdowns. The fact that Tank Dell, when you look at the season he's had and he has six touchdowns on the season, like I thought that Tank was going to rack up catches. I thought Tank was going to rack up some receiving yards. I thought he'd maybe have a special teams touchdown. The fact that Tank Dell, and I'm the biggest Houston Cougar homer, biggest Tank Dell homer, go Cougs, I'm stunned that he has six touchdowns through ten games. Look, we looked at this a little differently than we looked at with Stroud, but we still said, look, it's going to take some time for Tank to get acclimated. It's going to take some time for the Texans to figure out how they're going to use him in a variety of different ways, but that also that they can trust him and can use him. But that's that that chemistry that was built that we always kind of scoff at when we hear, oh, guys saying when they're drafted together, oh, yeah, you know, we already got a chemistry going, and it's going to develop, and it's going to build. But it's there, and you can tell every single play that CJ makes when he throws to Tank and vice versa – the chemistry is there. The timing is there. And it's so fun to watch because my biggest concern was, again, being of slighter size. I was concerned about his durability. Mm-hmm. But yet he finds a way to get down. He makes good business decisions but still gets the extra yards. And he's so elusive and gets open. So The, the one route they showed where he literally made three different moves to get open, what defensive back in the league is going to be able to come within a couple of feet of him? He's going to be open. He's going to get the ball. To your point, he did miss a game with that concussion, left the game early. So he has missed a game in his NFL career. Um, but he's all, the, the, the move you're talking about was unbelievable. Like That was really good chemistry. I think it was a double move. And then when Tank, and he talked about it post game, when he saw Stroud have to bail the pocket, scramble drill, yeah. you go deep. And Stroud, Stroud pointed. Tank Dell said he didn't right. see him, which they were on the same page. Who cares if he saw him? They what were on the same page. Too. Dropped in the bucket. Yeah. That was, a, that was a, probably the best throw he made the entire no game. No question. Right probably over the, the defender's hands. And, you know, normally when you're throwing it like that, you're hoping he runs into it. But my goodness, I mean, like you said, it came right out of the sky, right into his, his bread basket. And you're like, oh, my God, the D-back missed it by just inches. And that ball just fell right where it needed to be. Yeah. And one thing that um, 
I was looking at this morning because Noah Brown missed this game. And it seems like the Texans have missed somebody in the receiving core every single game. Like Robert Woods missed, I think it was two. Nico missed a couple. Tank missed the one. Noah Brown missed several. Missed about a month. The only time they had all four of the receivers play in a game was week one against Baltimore. And it seems like they might be at full strength this week against Jacksonville, which will be interesting to see, like snap counts, things like that, distribution from Stroud. I will be interested to see what that looks like. But the Texans haven't had their core four in the receiving room all year but one game. And that was the first game of the year for a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Uh, Tank leapt into the stands Mm -hmm. uh, after that touchdown. It reminded me of the Lambeau Leap. It calls for us to give that a name. Because Tank was asked about this afterwards. And he said, yeah, I think I'm going to make it a tradition. Home games. When I score a touchdown, I'm going to jump into the stands. So if Lambeau has the Lambeau Leap, we have to name the celebration for Tank Dell. So best idea, 713-780-3776. I am not creative at all. I don't have a creative bone in my body. I'm incredibly vanilla. I'm incredibly boring. I have zero personality. I'm not funny at all. So I need y'all's help. What could this celebration call? What can it, what we can hmm. we call this? Where Tang Dell's leaping into the crowd of NRG Stadium and standing with the patrons. One of them was wearing an Arizona Cardinals jersey and was celebrating with Tank. Paul Gallant was there with a Tom. I think it was Paul Gallant. It was definitely a guy wearing a Tom Brady jersey that was patting Tank on the back. So what are we calling the leap? into the stands for Tank Dell that he says he's going to try to make a tradition in NRG Stadium. It's going to take a little while. We're going to have to kick around some things. Virginia said H-Town hop. Texans leap. I like the alliteration when it comes to these. I think that's why I like Like, Lambeau leap is kind of cheesy. But it's caught on. It's something that's like common vernacular in football. what you did there, though. What do you mean? The Lambeau leap is cheesy. Oh, I didn't even mean so to. Works. Look at that. Maybe See, I'm funnier there, than maybe I think. Maybe it's coming around. I, I'm subconsciously Through making osmosis, jokes. You're getting, yeah, you're look getting at this. it. Now. Look at this. I'm making jokes without even realizing I'm making jokes. Grade the joke I didn't even realize I made. 713-780-3776. What do you think of the H-Town hop? It's it's not bad. I mean, you could call it D-Hop because of Hopkins. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, it's, it's tough because you got to incorporate – Something that works with or is a play on words with either Texans yeah. or Bull or Houston or H-Town or those kind of things. But, you know, it's contagious. It was grandfathered because the league was totally against it. They grandfathered it for uh, Green Bay and for Lambeau. And then with other teams saying you can't just leave it to just them, <laughs> it is the one text touchdown celebration that isn't ruled excessive that you can still do. I was surprised he get penalized because he went into the stands. Yeah. He's like standing he climbed in there. all the way up. But yeah. A lot of the Packer players do it too. It's just whether their cleats hit the cement on the other side of the wall or not. Eh, thanks, did. Yeah, they sure did. I saw him. You're right. And he's a smaller guy, but he certainly did. Yeah. Uh, H-Town Hop says Virginia. Uh, Topstrop stands hands. It's a little I like play that on, a little bit. It's a little play on like Houston. That. Topstrop. Yeah. I don't mind that. Jeff Van Hundy says the Kirby plunge. Eh, I don't know if it's so much of a plunge. It's more of a leap. I think whenever I think plunge, I think you get sucked down. But I think if you, you use know? leap, it's like you're 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 copying Green Bay. You need to some, have a different. Yeah, I don't want leap. Yeah, you need a different adjective or for the 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 actual action. Kirby catapult the South Side soar. That's not bad. South Side soar. You just don't really hear Houston called South Side. Really, it's too many words. South Side. It's also a little bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, I feel like someone's going to get in trouble. I don't know how, but someone will. Houston Hop, Kirby Catapult. What do you think about that one, the Kirby Catapult? That's not bad. I I would lean Houston Hop right now. I like H-Town Hop, I think. Like, originally on the Twitter, I suggested Houston Hop. I think I like H-Town Hop more. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I know Cal McNair would love the H-Town Hop. He loves to say H-Town right now. And it's going to be like their thing. It's like his new favorite thing. thing going forward. Space City Splash. Eh. Top drop hop, 
H-Town hop, Clutch City hop. Eh, I don't know if I want Clutch City involved with the, uh, the Texans. It's kind of a Rockets thing. The Bull Ride? The Bull Rider? Eh. Mm. I think we're going to go H-Town hop. Let's leave it open. Okay, we can leave That's it That's the leader in the clubhouse. H-Town Hop, leader in the clubhouse. We'll take ideas on what that Tank Dell celebration should be. 713-780-ESPN. Don't you think it'll be more than just Tank if it catches on? It should. I think it should, too. 6603 says the hop is for Hopkins. So a little throwback well, and I a said. little homage. Oh, did you say that, too? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, missed you. My bad. With the D-Hop. You called it the D-Hop, yeah. Yeah, the D-Hop for But Hopkins. he never did it, so you can't name no, it. No, but I mean, it kind of <laughs> rolls with the fact that he used to play here. Third Coast Surf, says Aggie Matt. A little too much. We're a little too far away from yeah. body of water, I think. We're a little too far away from Galveston. Okay, H-Town Hop is the current rodeo hop. How do you feel about that? Because, you know, there's some symbolism with Houston and rodeo. Something with something with rise? If it's not hop, what is it? It's not a skip. It's a, you know. You can ri- definitely, definitely rising. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a, some sort of a literate receiver. No, because it's not going to be limited to receiver. Uh, 7137, the air tank. 713 soar. Well, this guy... Tank Dell's no longer 13 anymore, 2128. Just want to break that to you. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. What are we calling the tank hop? So far, it's the H-Town hop. It's going to be the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, how about Derek Stingley's performance yesterday, too? Was that his best game as a Houston Texan? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now, I want to tell you about the good people at Allstate Siding and Windows. Look, I just got done ordering my windows from Allstate Siding and Windows because it was a no-brainer. When they come out to the house and they talk to you about all the knowledge that they've had with over 40 years in business, and they tell you about how they can help your house. It's your biggest investment for most people, and you're looking to make sure that it stays safe, you stay safe, and that you save energy and you get the most out of it on a day-to-day and year-to-year basis. That's what you do with Allstate Siding and Windows because starting with the windows and going to the siding, you keep your most important investment at its best. It's strong. It's going to keep the heat out in the summer. It's going to keep the cold out in the winter. And it's perfect with remodeling or things that you're looking to do to upgrade your house. No more painting, staining, and repairing your home if you go with the siding. But what really focused on the windows for me was the fact that they're Texas tough. They're made in Texas. They sustain the weather elements, everything from hurricane season to all the heat and all the cold. And you can save up to 40% on your energy bills when you get the vinyl windows. Allstate Siding and Windows, expert installers. They make sure that all the the bases are covered. The windows are fitted correctly the first time and every time. And there are tons of discounts, starting with military, senior citizens, and first responders, but going to everything like nine months, same as cash, 12 months, interest-free, $150 off on windows with a minimum of 10. The family-owned and operated thing gets me more than anything else. Mary runs the show along with her brother, and the families take care of you every step of the way. Because they're been in business for a long time, and they want that expertise to show their loyalty to Houstonians like you. Call them today, 832-204-1936, 832-204-1936, or check out the website, allstatesidingandwindows.com. Poor Marine says, Houston, we have liftoff. Eh, probably long. played out a little bit. Not, little not bad. Long. Not bad, but like, yeah, I think it's a little bit long, too. It needs to be like two words. Yep. Uh, Splitty says, the tank spank. <laughs> Twitter because they're spanking on his rear Ooh. as he's jumping up there. Wes says the impact zone. Eh, I don't know if that really has Houston feels yeah. and vibes. Uh, Virginia with a couple of good ones. The McNair Mount. Okay, see where mm. you're going there. Probably don't. Probably not my favorite. I don't hate it. Pretty sure Space Hannah wouldn't love it. City sore. Hey, that's a good call. <laughs> Just throwing it out that's there. A, there we go. We can eliminate that yep. one. Uh, Space City sore. It's not bad, but you brought up during the break. Sword sure, can have a like double meaning. A yeah, it, yeah. Could, it could easily go wrong. It's uh, Brucey says the H Town hang. 
Not awful. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Troy has an idea. Troy, you're in the hive. What's your idea to, to call this new Texan celebration hey, that Tank Dell on, made guys? famous? What's up, Troy? Sir? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, it's always looked like basketball moves. I was thinking the Dell House stunk. The Dell House stunk? Or jump? The Dell House dunk. Oh, dunk. the Dell House it's dunk. Like going up to dunk the ball. Okay. All right. That's not your worst, Troy. That's not your worst. 713-780-ESPN. Let's, let's pick our favorite and then pull it. Because we gotta, we gotta, it's not about being right here. It's about being first. That's how journalism works, right? Not about being right. It's about being first. Because if this catches on, we have to be the show that names the celebration. I'm True. sure that there was some dude in Wisconsin who's like, let's the Lambo leap. And then now it's forever. Like, I know the Five Slamma Jamma thing. It was by some writer in the Chronicle. Was, I forget yeah. his name. Yep. He just, it's a headline. It catches on. That's the name forever. So, because we owe it to the city, we owe it to the, we talked a lot of bad things to the Texans. So, this is our peace offering. We're going to name the celebration for the Houston Texans. So, maybe we take our favorite and then we pull it and then we just start calling it that and then it's just going to catch on here are a couple of other texts that are pretty good the bayou bop actually that's not very good bop's also like you take something like you bopped it from somebody also something else what is it well it's a little bit sexual a bop yeah um i'm a prude i don't know what that means reliant rise eh it's in rg now that's not my favorite um texan takeoff it's not awful oh not awful it flows bayou bang the bull bounce or the bull bouncing. I see what you did there because of the bull. The lunar landing because of the Space City ties. Mm-hmm. Space City splash. Houston hurdle. H-Town hop is pretty cool. All right. We, we have to. I mean, the text line right now is just rolling. I can't keep up. Uh, let's go out to the HRP listener line. We're going to take one more suggestion. Then we're going to pick our favorite. Then we're going to put it up for a vote. And that's just going to be the name. And you're gonna, all going to have to deal with it. 713-780-3776. Uh, out to the HRP listener line for Trezen. Trezen, you're in the hive with the bees. Yeah, how about the Texan Tango? Hmm. Okay. okay. Appreciate the call. All right, the Tango. All right, let's all pick our favorite. Tango, not exactly a jumping, leaping yeah, motion. More of a se. dance. It'd yeah. be more of a dance. Remember Ernest Givens had the electric slide? That was electric. That yeah. was so good. So, like, this is going to be the new electric slide. All right, what's your favorite, Blankers? We'll put this all up for a, a Twitter poll, and then that's just going to be the name, and everybody's going to have to deal with it. I don't know. I, I, I can't pick one right now. All right, I like H-Town Hop. Okay, H-Town Hop is good. I like Lunar Landing. You like Lunar Landing? Oh, that was a good one. All right, we can put that on the... what comes up comes down, so I, I, I'm, I'm fine with the fact that they land in the seats. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Although, if you're in space, does everything have to come down with gravity? And Tank Dell's defying gravity? All right, we got to get a couple more that we're going to put for the vote. It can't be a two-person vote here. Who else do we... What other name do we want to get in that we like so far? Now, do we have to go semantics here and say Houston Hop is also an option? No. No, because then you're going to start like it's like two Republicans running against a Democrat. Where like the Republicans split the Republican vote, cancel each other out. I guess I could have went with the two Heisman Trophy winners at the same school, as opposed to going into politics and talking about which side of the aisle you're on. Political Jeremy. <laughs> what does Paul do? Um, political Paul. No, is, is it political he the, Paul? He does the dude. Oh, no, oh Tucker Paulson. Tucker Paulson. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And he also does like the the down south lawyer voice guy in the courtroom all the time. Sky screamer ties. With the Astro World, mm, it's not bad. Bayou Bounce, how do you feel about Bayou Bounce? I like it. You want to throw that into the uh, into the mix here? Yeah. Lunar Bayou Landing, H Town Hop, Bayou Bounce. Is that enough? You think that's enough? I think that's enough. A three a three name race here. 
H-Town Hop, Lunar Landing, Bayou Bounce. I like the alliteration on all these, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think alliteration is very important when you're coming up with this. So we're, we'll, I'll put it on a Twitter poll here in a second. We'll run it for an hour or so. We'll, the we'll, Delvin Diesel? Oh, that's taken. That was something else. What was that? That was Dell in the morning. Oh, oh yeah. Delvin yeah. Diesel. I was thinking NFL. All right, so that's what we got there. All right, let's talk about Derek Stingley and the performance that he had. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, Derek Stingley had the interception yesterday. Maybe a little bit of an underthrown ball. Uh, whoever was calling the game, I forget his name. He said yeah, that it was, was that guy. I don't remember. I had never heard of him before. Uh, he sounded familiar, but I didn't remember his name. Uh, I didn't catch his name. He said that, that the receiver had a step on Stingley. I didn't really see that. I didn't either. Stingley was right on his heels. I watched it again right before I left for the for the station. And the, the, I rewound it like three times going, time out. Like, they kept saying, well, if he throws that five yards more in front of him, that's a touchdown. And I'm going, how? They were like basically stride for stride. I don't think that it had any – yes, I think the ball was underthrown. Yeah. But I don't think if he throws it five yards in front of him, that that's a sure thing. I thought he was step for step. Yeah. I thought he was step for step with the receiver. That was a great play by Stingley. He had the big hit on the first down. It might have been Rondell Moore where he, he makes the catch and then Stingley just absolutely plows right through him. And then maybe his best play, the interception's great. But that fourth down play – where the receiver catches the ball like two yards shy of the of the line to gain, and Stingley delivers the Big first hit. pump every, or the first hit. Everybody comes in and swarms. They bring him down. I mean, that Derek Stingley was the Derek Stingley that the Houston Texans thought they were getting. That's the Derek Stingley that can play a little bit of football. That's the Derek Stingley that everybody in Houston's been waiting for since they drafted him ahead of Sauce Gardner. That was incredibly encouraging for Stingley yesterday. Everything you saw from him, and I also thought it was puzzling too that they thought that he had a bad week last week. Uh, he didn't have his like you know he's coming off the injured list he didn't have a like super stellar game but I don't think he had a bad week but I think you could see that he was more kind of he found the rhythm and the tempo and he was comfortable because the hit told me everything because you know we've heard that he's a guy that likes to be a cover corner that doesn't really like to you know bring a lot of contact that was a hard hit delivered when you needed it most it was fantastic there were several plays where he was flying around in the defensive backfield to make sure there was one that he timed a ball beautifully right on the, the arrival of the football to make sure that he was on the receiver's back with a handout to knock it down. I thought he had his best game that he's had in quite a while for the Texans. I thought that he was as active as anybody in the secondary, and I thought that he played well. He was uh, he was really good. I, I do think that he got too much heat a couple of weeks ago. Like they had that touchdown on the mm-hmm. first drive of the game where Joe Burrow just put the ball in an excellent spot. Did did Stingley allow him to go to the sideline as opposed to getting inside towards the numbers? You know, I don't know exactly the technique that they're teaching. And with Petrie the Texans. was a little late coming thought, from behind. I thought that play was more Petrie than Stingley. Yeah. I actually thought Stingley made a good play, like reading reading that play, and reading if the you go eyes back of Burrow. And look at it. Joe really wound up and put something on it, and he put it into a, a place where only the receiver could get it. Credit to burrow on the throw but i don't think it i don't think it was stingley's fault per se i don't i don't think so either like i i really don't assign blame to either one stingley petrie on the cincinnati touchdown the first series of that game if i had to pick blame on one i'd, I'd go petrie over over stingley i actually thought stingley almost bailed petrie out by reacting quickly uh but that game he played yesterday was was really good it's encouraged a lot of people and it also brings some promise to the secondary. Like, you still mm-hmm. didn't have Jimmy Ward. You still had Dylan Houston Horton Carlson dude uh, that played every single snap at the safety position opposite of Petrie. Nelson had a pretty good game. He had the final uh, PBU on the final play of the game. Like, it gives you the optimism that the Texans secondary has a chance to be one of the strengths of their defense. Yeah, I thought Stevie Nelson came back. He had the, the, the penalty early. But I thought that the play he made late was really good. And I thought that he was still active throughout the game. 
uh, doing what he needed to do. So I, I thought the secondary as a whole played fairly well. I think Petrie is obviously a little out of control. He's flying around all over the place, but sometimes he overruns plays or he gets a little too overzealous. But, you know, overall, I was pleased with the secondary's play. I was pleased with the defense's play uh, yeah. all game. Yeah, overall, defense played a good game. Uh, I, I feel like Petrie, it's not, he's not playing what, to the level we expected him to, I though. I think Petrie's been pretty lousy. Yeah, I, I mean, going into the season, like when, when it's like the Texans are going to be terrible – but here's the nice ESPN article, and it says the one guy who's going to be all pro could be Jalen Petrie. I heard Andrew say this earlier, and I totally agree. I think we just really overhyped Jalen Petrie and Damian Pierce last year because the Texans were so bad that they were this super bright spot. But now that they're on a good team, I'm just not as impressed with Petrie, uh, honestly. I, I understand it. I think Petrie was a much better football player last year, though. And I'm not even talking stats. Like, I, I couldn't care less about the tackles that he had a year ago. I don't want my safeties making tackles. Uh, he, 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 was, he was a better football player. Like, this year he's getting beaten coverages. He's coming in, like, as a unblocked rusher at times and flat-out whiffing. He had the, the run play uh, two weeks ago against Cincinnati when he could have stopped Mixon in the mm-hmm. backfield. Mixon just went right through him. And then he had the play on the, the fourth and goal where Kyler Murray ran it in for a touchdown where Jalen Petrie came in as a free rusher and literally tripped on the, on the, on the turf. Uh, he got he embarrassed. Tripped on the turf. Like, and all he has to – he doesn't even have to make that play. He mm-hmm. doesn't even – have to make the tackle. The only just thing he has to do, and just force him yeah. inside. Yep. Yep. Force him inside. You don't even have to make the play. Uh, Petrie's been a disappointment this year. Like, and that's a, that's a you know, don't ignore in victory what you would in defeat. But Jalen Petrie has not been as good as he was a year ago. And Jalen Petrie's been one of the disappointing lights yeah, on the I Houston Texas defense. Way to sum it up is no one expected him to be as good as he was in year one. But because of how good he was in year one, no one, no one expected him to take a step back like he's done so far this season. And it's one thing to say, yeah, he, you know, he was leading the team in tackles and in and, and, and games, and he was all over the place. And we knew that was more of a kind of an indication that your front seven wasn't doing the job as much as they should be doing. But overall, we were so impressed with his first season as a rookie to step in in a defense and do the things that he did. I think, Joe, you're onto something. I think with Petrie and Pierce, they overachieved in year one on a team that had a bunch of underachievers, so it was easy to have them stand out and say, they look really good. But on a roster that's more solid, that's that's more put together, that has more talent on it, they don't look the same, and they've taken a step back. Yeah, it's like it's like hanging out with a bunch of fives instead of a bunch of eights. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you stand out a little bit more with the fives than you do the eights. Well, I think it was like... I think why was, I had my group of friends. That's why was, Joe, in his last job, was like looked at as just a freaking centerfold. That's why they brought me here. Right. Uh, I, it's, I think it was week one when, when there was a chance for an interception or it was preseason. It was really early on. And he could have easily had an interception and instead he went for this like massive hit on the wide receiver. I was on like the right side. I think it was the Baltimore game. He's just Petrie's just not playing to the level that we expected him to. And it, and if he turns it around at some point, even the the missed interception last week when it went right through his hands, like he's just not the guy that we thought he was going to be this year. It doesn't mean it's over for him or anything like that. But yeah. to put this in dusty terms with Jordan, he's just a tick off. It's a good call. Yeah, he's just a he's just See, a slight bit off. I don't think he's a lost cause. No, I, I don't think either. he's a tick off. Like you make the play against yep. Mixon, you make the play yesterday against Kyler, you PBU the first touchdown pass from Joe Burrow two weeks ago. Like I do think he's a tick off, and I wonder if it's because he's not a hundred percent comfortable in the system. Like if he's not a hundred percent comfortable in the scheme, like he's he's doubting himself a little bit on where he needs to be. Because if you're just off uh, one iota. That's the world of difference yeah. in the NFL where the games are won on the margins. No question. Let's get some uh, some clarification on the lunar landing. Are we going to go lunar landing or lunar leap? 
Mm, I like Lunar Landing. I think Lunar Landing's more Agreed. curb yeah. appeal. You and know, Leap's like still kind of stealing from Lambo. Yeah, good so call. So the Lunar good Landing, call. I think, makes it our own. All right, so we're going to tweak this out here a little bit. And then the uh, whoever wins is what we're naming that jump. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Every Monday we hand out NFL game balls. Who deserves game balls from around the NFL from yesterday's action? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, Thanksgiving is one of the best holidays of the year. It's good food. It's boosted bets and turkey day parlays. This year, you can celebrate by stuffing your pockets with my bookie's biggest sportsbook bonus ever, a 110% deposit match on your first deposit. So if you deposit 100 bucks and the deposit match is 110 bucks, you've got a whole lot more cash in your account with more games you can bet on and more chances to win. You heard it right. You can more than double your money before you even put your first bet down at mybookie.ag. All you got to do is go to mybookie.ag and use that promo code we always give you, bet975, and claim this very, very important bonus. Make sure you act quick because the offer is only available for Thanksgiving week, and you can only get it with the promo code bet975. You're not going to find it on the website. Picture it now, not just watching the games, but turning into every second and turning it into a potential win. With mybookie.ag, you can stream the games and live bet them, turning every game into a payday. Act now. Get that Thanksgiving 110% deposit match. Don't miss your opportunity. It's a great weekend for sports. It could be a great weekend for you making money. With mybookie.ag, just use that promo code BET975. He's Blank. I'm Bradham. Joe George behind the glass. He is our queen bee. Who are we giving game balls to today? Lots of NFL action yesterday. It, who was the best of the best, though? Blankers, why don't you lead us off? Lead off hitter that you are. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead off with one that probably won't make Texans fans very happy, but it's very pertinent to what's going to happen next week, and that is Trevor Lawrence is playing some good football. And Trevor Lawrence went off yesterday, uh, bouncing back after they had gotten manhandled by the Niners. He ran for two and threw for two. Uh, he was all over the football field making the right decisions, and obviously the Texans have to be w- very well aware of that as they beat the the Tennessee Titans thirty four to fourteen. They're playing some pretty good ball. Yeah. Um, AFC South in general is playing some pretty good football uh, between the Jags, between the Texans, between the Colts have been pretty good. The only team not the the Titans. They're going through some. Uh, they got some issues right now uh, in Tennessee. Texans are gonna have their handful. I can't wait till Sunday's game. Like this is the biggest Houston Texans game. I you since, tweet that. It really is yeah. since they, they went to Arrowhead and lost. It to the feels Chiefs. like it. I mean, it's hard to remember anything positive game wise between then and now. And this is a massive game. And I think you know Stroud had already talked about it prior to yesterday's game about filling up the house and making sure that the old crowd and everybody started coming back, jumping on board, getting with this thing. You ha- you don't need an excuse. You have everything you need this week to be. They're loud, crazy, get there early, stay late, and do what they want you to do because they're fun to watch. I won't lie. It's pretty pathetic that your quarterback and then your Hall of Famer, J.J. Watt, are having to beg people to go to games. But that shows you the length of the damage that was done over the last three, four years. I'm going to my first Texans game since when Bill O'Brien's last game, 2020, was the last Texans game I went to. Yeah, we bought tickets for the game on Sunday. Okay. Can't wait. You bought tickets. You bought tickets. And a boy. Look at you. Yeah, me and my dad are going to go. Okay. Oh, good for you. Is, yeah. he, is he converted? I think he's on his way. He's on his way I to being after, converted? I think after yesterday, he's on his way. I've, I've converted some uh, T-shirt wearing Bengal fans. So, there's that. Okay. I mean, sometimes sports, this isn't just Houston, but a lot of sports fan bases are very are slow-moving ship. Where you've had damage done, you've won 11 games in three years, where it's hard to jump back on board. And it usually takes a lot for the whole ship to turn around. So, mm-hmm. 
we're, it's, it's, there's progress. Fans are getting better. They're loud. They're into it. But you're, I mean, J.J. Watt begging and Stroud begging. It there's is a true. bullship that's available if you want to oh, jump man, on board. What? Me nervous. <laughs> because they're jumping ship, but there's a bullship I've, with but, the Texans okay. on it. So this is, you just made that. I did. 713-780-3776. I, I thought I might have missed something. Uh, first game ball I'm going to give is to Danger Russ. Mr. Worldwide himself. Look, he didn't have a great statistical uh, game line, but I don't look at the stats most of the time. 250 yard, 259 yards, a touchdown, but a game-winning drive. The Broncos have won four straight. That's crazy. Let's ride. Texans see the Broncos in two weeks, by the way. That, that game's interesting. Becomes yeah. a lot more interesting. It might have some wild-card implications. Yeah, we were talking about that on Friday, the fact that Two teams that before the season started, all three of us had said, well, there's a win against Arizona, there's a win against Denver, and now it's like both teams doing things. One, Kyler Murray getting back changes everything anyway for Arizona, no matter how good or bad they're playing. But the fact that it's starting to click in Denver is a little scary. Yeah, they yeah. figured out their defense. Sean Payton's uh, they got rid of two coach. guys that might not have been the best fits, we'll call it that, yeah. but we could have called it a lot worse, but get two, rid of two veterans. Those young guys are playing ball on the defense. I can't believe that your first one did not go to this guy, Jeremy. So I'll steal it from you because I'm sure it's on your list. Danny DeVito. Danny, he's on my nah, list. He was on my list, too. Giants yeah. win 31-19. Probably just cost the Giants Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. Danny DeVito was awesome. The, uh, what's funny about that is in my notes, I wrote down Danny DeVito. That's all I've, all I've been calling <laughs> him. That's his name now. His You're not Danny Tommy DeVito. anymore. After the You're story Danny. where he still lives at home and mom makes him his meals and yeah. does his laundry. Really? I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom yeah. still does his laundry and makes his meals. That's not a bad gig if you can get it. And you're in the NFL, <laughs> I mean, just banking coin. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't hate if somebody did my laundry and made me all my meals too. Mom like, should also be dropping like a, great. Like, <laughs> dropping a bill on the bed to say you owe me this per week. The only other uh, the, the other only other note I had on this was Ron Rivera's Dunzo, right? Got to like, be. He's Gotta done. Be. Like he's Dunzo. It's yeah. curtains. It's over. They, they had for Ron they, Rivera. They could have been right there in the playoffs with the Vikings losing last night. If you lose to the Giants, your season's done. Yeah. Well, and he's think done. about it, too. We already said, with new ownership, they want their done. own people yeah. involved. Magic Johnson calling him out on tweets. And what does Magic know about NFL football? Was it a new one? No, there was the one a couple weeks oh, ago. Okay. Where no, he was no, like, he tweeted you know, yesterday. With Did the he? attitude. and I think it was like uh, about with like Disappointing all the loss. interceptions they threw. We'll be better next time. Magic tweets are priceless. All right, Blankers, what you got? I'm going DTR. Stats might not be fantastic, but uh, you know the young kid from UCLA – Takes a Browns team that seems to be offensively in shambles after a business decision was made early and then Deshaun was set, shut down for the year. Could have been the end of the road for the Browns, but the young kid found a way to get it done. Like I said, the stats weren't gaudy, but in the final drive on a tie game when they needed it, he went four for four. He moved the football down the field, and they got the field goal to win the football game. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make Texans fans happy because you own that pick. But from a Browns perspective and an NFL perspective, the kid was crying after the game. It was a good win. I was rooting for the uh, the Steelers in that game for two reasons. One, you had the tiebreaker on Pittsburgh, and then the Texans had the draft pick, like you mentioned. I'm going to give a game ball to the best player in that game, Miles Garrett. Yeah, Paris Sacks. They're now seven and three, as you mentioned. Miles Garrett, cash your trash. Best defensive player in the NFL. I say cash. They're talking about him being an outside chance to win the MVP. I've heard his name mentioned. Micah Parsons still very good. The bland dude for uh, Watt. Watt, yeah, Watt's always on the yeah. next. I mean, JJ's going to be the the biggest advocate for his brother, mm-hmm. but his brother started out hot. I, I'm going to cash it, but it, it it should be close. But I feel like he's running away with it. I think he's running away with Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Now, in terms of talent, I think those are your top tier: Watt, yeah. Garrett, uh, Parsons, and there's probably a name or two that we're forgetting. Right. 
What do you got, Joe George? Uh, we'll see how it plays out tonight, but the one non-quarterback besides Miles Garrett that should be in the MVP conversation is Tyreek Hill. Ten catches, 146 yeah. yards, a touchdown. He leaves the game at one point, but he comes back in. He is incredible. Like His his touchdown, there was all these guys oh. around him, and he just whoop. So I was going to say, the breakaway speed with like five Raiders around him on that touchdown was just sick. He just left everybody in his dust. Yeah, he's he's a freak show. I love watching and, that offense. And on a side note, I don't even know we don't give game balls to losers, but I'll give a coaching job to Antonio Pierce. Just let him have it. The Raiders are playing good football with him. Yeah, he, they are. He should be the coach. But that's one of those where you wonder, is it just like short term and can he make it last? Can he sustain that following leadership and that hype after the kind of Fizzled, it, the sizzled fizzles a little. I think we'll bit. see next week. Who was that special teams guy that they had? Rich Versace. Yeah. He's the Packers special teams coach now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he, he, they, same conversation, right? Like he got the best out of them. They made the playoffs that year. They took him to the playoffs, the playoffs. and then they fired him for McDaniel. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Well, I can't. <laughs> really brutal. I, I think Jeremy's got to throw in Josh Allen, right? No, he wasn't on my list. Oh, he wasn't. Yeah, you know, he had a very mediocre game. Two seventy-five and three touchdowns against the Jets team that laid down. Okay, quarterback, you know, twenty of thirty-two, quarterback rating one hundred and eight. Yeah, I actually, I actually did give a game ball in that game, but it was actually to Joe Brady. Yeah, I gave the game ball to Joe Brady because he got the best out of Josh Allen. Scored thirty-two points she against the bad Jets. There, first good touchdown. Defense. He looks right into the camera that's in the booth and drops an F bomb. Brady did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I was at the arena. I didn't realize. He did oh that. yeah, and he had the gold chain outside the sweatshirt. One thing with Tyreek Hill, yeah, I think Joe kind of answered this. Is he the offensive player of the year over Christian McCaffrey? I think it depends on. I think AJ Brown's right there. AJ Brown. He went like he, AJ Brown went like one twenty five and a touchdown in five you know straight what, Joe, games. And you brought this up before, but AJ Brown might be the most under the radar, oh, overachieving yeah. superstar in this league. Yeah, I, I think that the offensive player of the year race is it's those three. It comes down so. to you know McCaffrey's streak is going to be significant. Well, he broke right. Did it's, he break? It's old, but I'm saying, yeah. but he still went 18 oh, games. Oh yeah, yeah. It's still so that's going to weigh on voters' minds. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Tyree Kill play and see some of the numbers he puts up, they're, they're ridiculous. It's it's hard to argue. Ocho says my game ball goes to District 21-6A, the SEC of Texas high school football. Zero five eight seven game ball Jalen Ramsey. That interception he had to seal the deal. That was an unbelievable two of them. The one across play. the middle where he just sold yeah. out like Superman and picked it off. He, he had two really sweet picks. Key from LA says games ball to Miles Garrett too for being a good Samaritan when he picked up the helmet of the Pittsburgh Steeler. That was that was a moment of the weekend. Yes, there. it was. <laughs> the offensive lineman was like, no, 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 you shouldn't have that. Like, you can't have that, buddy. No, no, no. <laughs> that was a priceless moment. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Malik Collins. He was talking to the media earlier today. He says the Texans' best football is still ahead of them. Is he right? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.